you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Psalms. Psalms 37. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 9. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 9. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as a green as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who, hath, who prospers in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord... They shall inherit the earth. Life can be so hard, so demanding, so difficult, so tiring. And I only have so much energy and so much time to give. These are some bad times. I suppose to me, Worst I've seen it since I was a teenager in times. One of my preacher friends from, from Hamersville, Ohio, called me this week just to talk. We bricked his church several years ago. I preached in the church several times. Did a revival meeting in the church. I said, how's the church going? He said, well, it's going real good. We... Uh, had Bible school, baptized 11 people. But he said, there's been a church started several miles from us. And he said, the billboard reads this. Come share a beer with Brian. He said, Kenny, they're running like 3,000 on a Sunday. I said, okay. Be sure your sins will find you out. They may be having crowds come because they're, they teach and they preach that social drinking is okay. As far as I'm concerned, it's not. I said it's not. You might be one of those, but I'd be very cautious and very careful. I thought about this. What would you think of me? I'm in a restaurant, the lights are turned down very low. It's hard to see the menu, let alone see what you're eating. And you pass by my table and there sit a big tall bud. Would you think any different of me? You should. There should be a deacon's meeting Sunday morning before worship. Why? Well, first of all, because I'm a Christian. Second of all, I'm your pastor. 
third of all God's looking. He was, he was broken hearted over it. He said, you know, our, a lot of our people are going, they're flocking there, but the thousands. I said, Lord, the best thing you do, you know, I'm thinking is hang in there. Just hang in there. Now, I know what the Bible says, a little wine for the stomach. I understand that. I don't have a problem with that. Well, preacher, I'm not bothering anybody. The man that I knew personally at night would have his beer and he would go to bed and his son would slip downstairs and get the last few drops out of the can. His son became an alcoholic. Another man was an alcoholic. He was trying to get straight. He was trying to get off her. At times was hard. So he gets his young son in the truck and tells his wife, said, we're going to run to the store. Well, he was on his way to get more. They had a wreck. He gave his testimony at school, Bible school, because he'd given his life to Christ. He'd surrendered to preach. He said, I killed my only son because I was drunk. Times is hard. We're, we're, living, we're living in a time of I don't care. We're divided from the, high, from the White House to our house. People just can't get along. I mean, I see people, they're so easy to make mad and get aggravated over the least little thing. I wanted that park. I laid eyes on that park as I was coming down this side as I whirled around and got almost to it. Somebody pulled right in. I wanted that part. I won right on. Trying to be a good boy. And then had to park a good piece away. I needed to walk. I understand that. Miracle Circle, they have cameras up. So don't run a caution line. If you do, you will get a thank you note in the mail. It's tough. How do we as Christians respond to a person we make mad or agitated? Lord knows. He knows how hard things are in your and my life right now. He knows the toughness that we face every day. The decisions that we have to make every day. He knows all about them. Well, how are we to respond? You know, as I thought about this scripture, I, I tried to think of a title. My goodness, you know, and, and I, I usually, I try to draw my titles out of the scripture, but I just seemed to couldn't get one here. So I thought, well, in light of all that I'm going to try to talk about today, fitting Christianity into society was the best I could do, okay? Fitting Christianity into society. You say, we don't have to. Yes, we do. We are commanded by God to go ye therefore and teach and tell and baptize every person possible in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is our command from God. And it's up to us as Christians to fit Christianity into society. Not my views, not my ideas, but the ideas and the views of God's holy word. I don't know if you noticed in the uh, Seneca Journal this week, they had 
uh, it said, it, I think the title of it was just Churches. And I read every one of them. You know, and it gets on down there to some things I've never even heard of. Different, I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't dare call them a cult. But uh, things that I've never heard of. And people flock to these things. And I thought, you know, one Sunday I ought to just take off my hat and go to one of them. See what's going on. But, you know, on the other hand, I have my own responsibilities. I have my own church family. And what they do, hey, it's their business. But if I get an opportunity, I need to try to fit, not my ideas, not my ways, but Christianity into society. Wherever I am. Wherever I go. So, how are we going to do this? Well, first of all, in verse 1, and I hope you leave your Bible open because we're going to look at every one of those verses because they are key words there as to how to fit Christianity into society. No matter where we are or where we go, we should fret not. That's what the Bible says, fret not. Well, you know, don't fret because of people being irritated and, and, and aggravated and disturbed. Don't fret over them people. Let them simmer down. Let them calm down. If I have done anything to cause it, I need to apologize. And I've had to do that many times in my, in the, in the, and since I've been trying to follow the Lord in the ministry and be a pastor and a preacher. To apologize. To apologize. The Bible, it uses the word, they're evildoers. You come up on any evildoers lately? Evildoers, um, they've always been. Ever since the beginning of time, there have been evildoers. There are evildoers today. They are guided by demons who is sent forth by Satan, the devil himself. The Bible says he is the father of lies. So if you are a liar, if I am a liar, then the devil is my father. Don't fret over these evildoers. Don't fret over them. Now, fretting, fretting will, um, will make you sick. Fretting will get you so out of sorts that you won't know which way to go. But you pray for these people. You pray for an opportunity to be able to share the Lord with them. That verse also says workers of iniquity. Now this, this bunch, they don't want to hear the truth. You, you mark it down. They do not want to hear the truth of the gospel. And you know, it, you come up on a person and you try to share Christ. You're an adult, they're an adult. They're going to look at you. I've had them look at me so wild like, what are you talking about? I'm going to do it my way regardless of what you say, preacher. Well, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you do it your way. That is your right. God gives you that choice to do it your way. But when you leave this world, buddy, you're going to stand before God and you're going to do it his way. Hello? You're going to do it his way. That there are evildoers. There are workers of iniquity. What's the outcome of this crowd going to be? Seriously, listen. What is the outcome going to be? Verse 2 says, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. They're going to die. 
They're going to die. What I, what I can't figure out, and of course it's not up to me probably to figure out, I'm just to continue to pray and love and, and support and try to help people who claim to be a Christian, but you wouldn't know it by what they do, the way they live, you wouldn't know they were. I'm thankful that I'm not the judge and I'm not going to judge, be able to judge them. But God himself will judge those kind of people. Evildoers. Uh, you know, workers of iniquity. I know right from wrong. You know right from wrong. And sometimes, listen, we even as Christians can get caught up in something that will cost us more than we intended to spend and will cause us to spend more time than we intended to, to, to stay. It's tough. Life is not easy. But he's telling us in the word, fret not thyself. Okay? That's one way to fit Christianity into society. Don't fret over these people, but pray for them. Secondly, we see there in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. We should trust. We should trust. We should not only not, only not fret, but we should trust uh, in the Lord. Uh, expect his guidance. You know, I need his guidance. I need his support. He don't need mine. I don't need to tell God which way he needs to go and where he needs to show up at because he's going to show up everywhere because he is everywhere because he has nowhere to go. Expect his guidance. Do good. That verse says do good. Well, what's the opposite of doing good? Doing bad. You want to do bad all the time? You want that reputation? Don't hang around with that person. They're going to do bad. Well, the Bible says do good. What he's saying there is enjoy fellowship with the Lord. It's a quiet time. It's a time just to get away. Uh, Jesus taught his disciples to to shut the closet door. When you've gone in there, shut it. Shut the door. Why? He didn't literally mean go in a closet and shut the door, but to shut out everything that's in your life and my life that's bombarding us that'll hinder us from communicating with God. You see, that's a two-way deal. That is a two-way deal. You speak to God, but you've got to listen. Years ago, when telephone booths were real popular, the man was standing there waiting to use the phone, and he'd look around every little bit, and, and the man in the booth just had the phone up here, and he was just propped up, and every time he looked, he wasn't saying a word. Wasn't saying a word. The man thought, well, you reckon he's just holding the line up or something? He kept waiting, waiting. After about five minutes, he uh, tapped on the face and said, I need to use the phone. The man opened his door and said, would you please excuse me? I am talking to my wife. He wasn't getting a word in. He just sitting there. Something needed to be said. You know, there's a place. About, Ecclesiastes says there's a place and a time for everything under the sun. Well, when I think about trusting in the Lord, he says if I do... I'm going to be doing good. And it says, I will be fed. You know what that means? I will rely on God for everything. 
for everything. I need to rely on him. Yes, I have ability to work and to earn a living, and I should do that. But God is also going to feed me. When I read his word, I'm looking for him to give me something. Show me what's in here, Lord, because I need it. I want you to show me what I need to do, what I need to say, and what I need to preach, and how long, and what have you. It's up to God. It's not up to me. But that's tough. I'm going to tell you, it's tough. We should not fret. We should trust. Thirdly, verse 4, we should delight. You know what delight means? Have pleasure in. Have joy in. Um, Delight thyself, it says, in the Lord. This is God's will, not mine. I want to tell you something. I love to do things, okay? I, I, I love to ride a motorcycle. I love to get on the lake. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I, I love preaching. I love working. But I don't have time for all those things. So I got to choose, hey, which one am I going to do maybe today, okay? I want to delight. I want to enjoy things as I go through life. And rightfully so. God wants us to enjoy things as we go through life. Not keep our nose to the grindstone and just grinding away. And and if somebody says something to us, we snap their head off because we're wore out, we're tired, and we're ill. But he wants us to delight, have pleasure in the Lord, doing his will. And you can do his will in all these things. I tell you what it'll do. It'll bring about satisfaction in our hearts and our minds to know that we have delighted in the Lord. You know, I don't like to be gone out of here on Sunday. But you know what I thought about and somebody reminded me? I need a break and so do you. You need to hear somebody else. You know, I've, I've, I was, I've been a pastor now a whole lot longer. I've been in the pulpit longer than I was in the pew, okay? And I know people need a break from this pastor, okay? And uh, so as we think about uh, those things and we delight in them, it brings us to another thought there in verses 5 and 6. We should commit. You know, we're not living in a day of commitment. We're living in a day of convenience. Well, if it's convenient, I will. I'll I'll be at church if it's convenient. But I have all these activities going on and and things that I need to do. And I I just, I will come if I'm able. I will come if I can. Commit. The Bible says, commit what? Commit your way to the Lord. When I think about that committing um, our way to the Lord, it simply means to count on God. You know, my way's not his way. The Bible says that. And his way's not my way. But but between God and me, we need to have a compromise that I follow his way, and he's going to cause me to delight in it to the point that I want to just keep on committing to his way. You know, I didn't know what God, all that God had in mind at the age of 62. I didn't want to leave the ministry. I don't ever plan to leave the ministry. Um, And so I thought, well, you know, hey, this camper on mission 
things. I have a lot of abilities. I can give and give and give. And, uh, you know, we enjoyed that. Uh, but at age 62, we enjoyed that. And then to think now that the age I am, here I am, uh, you know, back in the pulpit trying to pastor a church and try to, try to preach and visit and marry and bury and counsel. And I mean, it's, it's never-ending. It's, it's every day that we are about the Lord's business. And there is no better business than following the Lord. To know that I'm in His will is comforting. To know that I'm in His will is a delight. To know that I am in His will is a commitment. Look at those verses there, five and six. Look at verse six. And he shall bring forth the righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noon day. Righteousness comes from God and by God and it's brightness. Uh, we are the light of the world, okay? Um, this week at Good News Club, God, he, he had to in a spur of the moment give me what I said to those kids because uh, we were talking about uh, Ab- Abram and Sarah, and then later God changed their name to Abraham and Sarah, but he was talking to them, and they were in the land where these uh, uh, temples were, where they worshiped the moon god. And I said, how many of you on a dark night go out and can find the moon? You know, and a bunch raised their hand and see the beautiful stars. I said, you know, God created the moon, but I said, you know what? The moon can't shine unless the sun reflects in it. Unless the sun puts a light to the moon, it don't reflect. If it wasn't for the sun, I said, S-U-N, you would not see the moon. And I said, Jesus is the light of the world. And if we're saved, we're the light that reflects to the lost. We're the light. We reflect. And I think sometimes my reflector's dirty. I think sometimes my reflector's cracked and it's not given a true reflection. But I, make, I need to make sure that I'm delighting uh, in the Lord and I'm committed to Him. And if I am, that leads us to another way to fit Christianity into society. We should rest. Look at verse 7. Rest in the Lord. Rest in Him. Well, preacher, I would have come, but I was so tired I just couldn't get up. You know, there are some Sunday mornings. I wish it was Saturday morning. It seems like to me we get through one Sunday and Wednesday's the next day. We get through Wednesday and Sunday is the next day. Where in the world is Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday? That means they, I mean they're gone. When we think about that. Rest, we should rest. Resting and waiting is both good for us. Now, we don't like to wait. But I tell you what I've tried to do. When I go into a doctor's office, naturally, yeah, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm, I know I'm going to have to wait. So I go in there and I find me a seat off to myself in the corner where I can prop up and put a book in front of me and open it up as if I'm reading and just doze off. Just doze off. I'll be sleeping if you need me. Come and get me. Rest. Resting and waiting. Both of them are good for us. Um, we need to let them who are prospering just go on and do so. It's okay. Because it seems like a lot of times the evil crowd is prospering more than the crowd is trying to do good. It seems like they're prospering more. 
And a man asked me one time, said, why is it I work all I can work to provide for my family and I go to church and I tithe and it seems like my family is always sick or there's always something happened. And my neighbor, he could care less about God. He don't go to church. He just, just parties all the time and looks like everything he does just turns to gold. I mean, he just, I said, let me tell you something, son. Listen. That person, if he don't get saved, this is the only heaven he's ever going to know. And for you and me who are trying to do right, this is the only hell we are going to know. And so we're just going to have to fret not over this evil crowd because, you know, they, God give them a choice just like he gave us a choice. And when we think about that, you know, uh, we should rest. Uh, I, Brandy put up Isaiah 40. Uh, 31. I want us to look at this verse. Some of you probably know it by heart. But I'm talking about resting. I'm talking about waiting. Look what he says. But they that wait upon the Lord. Now you notice the word Lord. Every letter is capitalized. He was not just to be worshipped. He was to be adored. He was to be looked to. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Even when we're weak. We can renew strength enough to keep on going. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If we put our trust in the Lord and wait on Him and do good. Which brings me to a last point, and I know you're glad. Now this next one is not the easiest one. Notice what verse 8 says, cease from anger. I wrote this down, we should not get mad. You know what getting mad will cause you to do? Do something crazy. Getting mad will cause you to do something crazy. Getting mad will cause you to say something that you wish you hadn't have said. I was working with a, a cousin of mine and we were roofing. It was hot. We were tired. And all of a sudden I heard him say, ouch! And he slung his hammer down through the woods as far as he could sling it. I said, what is the matter with you? He said, I just hit my thumb. I said, but look where you, go, look where you got to go to get you. I don't care. Wasn't the hammer's fault. Was it? He knows the story. It's, been, it's in my book. It's called Hammer in the Wrong Hand. Some of you have got that book and you've read that story. All those stories are true. And we, I can take you to the very roof that we were putting metal on. And he didn't have a hammer that day. One of those little teenage boys had always wanted to work with me. And went on and became a full carpenter. We were up there driving nails and he hit his finger. And I mean he brought the blood forth. And I said, what's the matter? He said, look, 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 look. I said, which hand did you have that hammer in? He said, my right hand. I said, that's the wrong hand, son. That's a left-handed hammer. <laughs> Bless his heart, he believed that. I said, no, baby. I said, it's okay. It's not a left-handed hammer. I said, that left-handed hammer will hit my right thumb just like your right hand hit your left thumb. It'll happen. 
You know, we think about those things. When people get mad, as I say, they get crazy. Jesus said, be angry, be upset, but don't sin. I ain't no world. I mean, that is a fine line. You make sure if you're going to chew something out or kick something that you at your house by yourself. Don't be doing that out in public because if sure as you do, they're going to say, oh, that's one of Kenny Owen preacher men, church members. He go to First Baptist. You've got to be careful. People watching us all the time. Don't get mad because you're going to do something crazy. Be angry and sin not. I say it this way. Don't let Satan talk you into something that's going to cause you and me to do something wild and crazy and evil. Because he will. He talked Eve into partaking of the fruit. Hey, she saw God was holding out on her, so she goes and gives it to Adam. And he sees God's been holding out on us. And all of a sudden, Adam said, Why, you ain't got no clothes on. Well, she said, you ain't neither. So the Bible says they sewed fig leaves together and then they hid themselves. First time you'll find that word. They hid themselves. Why? Because of sin. They broke the commandment. They disobeyed God. One thing led to another. They had to move. God said, the Bible says he drove them out of the garden. Why? Disobedience. Disobedience. Just don't let the devil talk you into something that's going to cause heartache. So, as we're trying to fit Christianity into our society, what is going to happen to these people who are bound and bent and determined? They're going to do it their way. Verse 9 says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. In other words, the lost crowd is going to die and go to hell. That's the bottom line, guys. The saved crowd, what does he say there? You're going to inherit. Verse 9, inherit the earth. The Bible says there's going to be a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And we're going to inherit that as a Christian. We're going to inherit that. But the evildoers, hey. You're not going to see them anymore. They're going to be gone. The Bible says, talks about when the, when the children of Israel, when Moses led them down to the Red Sea and they got down there and, and all they could see was a, a big, big water. That, how are we going to get across? And Moses said, y'all be quiet and y'all stand still and y'all watch the salvation of God. He held up his rod. The water parted. They went through. The Bible says on dry ground, the Egyptians and all their chariots and all their horses, here they come. And the Bible says that God destroyed every one of them and the children of Israel saw them no more ever, ever again. That lost crowd, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be acquaintances, you are never going to see them again once you leave this world as a saved person and they leave this world as a lost person. You're not going to see them again. They're going to be gone. They're going to be banished off the face of this earth forever in a place for the Bible says, for the devil and his angels, which is hell. And if you don't like that word, I'm sorry. These little children, you talk to them, and I'll say, where's Jesus? 
He's in heaven. That's right. Where's the devil? They just point down. They don't want to say that word. That's how horrible it is. But I don't think the adult lost the adult crowd. I don't think they understand completely that hell is a place of everlasting fire where the, where the worm, the Bible says, does not die and outer darkness where there will be gnashing of teeth and chewing of the tongue and, and sorrow and heartache forever. I don't think the lost realize that that's how it's going to be. Surely God wouldn't send me to hell. I mean, I work hard. I try to provide. I'm a good citizen. Surely God wouldn't send me to hell. No, he will not. He's a God of mercy and grace. But people send themselves there because they make a choice. They make a choice. So let others see Jesus in you. Fitting Christianity into society. I just take the word fit. Because many people today said, I just don't fit. I don't fit in. I don't fit in. Let me tell you something. The word fit, the word, the, the letter F is fine. Find a way to fit in. Find a way to share Jesus. Think about it. The letter I. We need to be involved in society. Now listen, you can only go so far lest you be drawn into the bad side. But find a way to be involved with society and let your Christianity be known. The letter T. If you're going to fit it in, you're going to have to trust God. He's the only one that's going to know how to get you in. And you don't get in by participating with the lost and doing the evil things that they do, hoping you're going to win them over. A young lady, a beautiful young lady, Christian since a little girl, Sunday school pins, perfect attendance, finds an old boy that she falls in love with who's not a Christian. And people tried to say, honey, you don't need to go out with him, but I love him. And first thing you know, she said, guess what? He's asked me to marry him. So honey, you don't need to marry him. The Bible speaks against light and darkness. It cannot and will not come together. She said, but I love him and I think I can change him. She married him. She didn't change him. He changed her. And they both went down the drug and the drinking road. Does that mean she lost her salvation? No. But look what she did lose here in this life and rewards that God has laid up for us in heaven. I beg you, do your part. Do your best. Set the example. Do your part to fit Christianity into society. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to call you our Father. Thank you for the privilege you've given us today to share your precious word. And Lord, I pray now, I pray right now for any that's lost in this room right now, never invited you into their heart. Lord, I pray that they would meet me right here at the altar this morning so I can lead them to you so they can be saved and be on their way to heaven. I pray for any that feel like they're backslid on you, God, and need to be in this altar today. I pray that you give them courage to come. 
I pray for any in here today that's been wanting to join and maybe just haven't felt like it's the right time or the right place. Lord, I pray if it is the right place or the right time, give them courage to come. Be with Brother Mark and Lyndon and Sheila as they come to, to play and we sing the hymn of invitation. Lord, that you just open up your floodgate in Jesus' name. Amen.